Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. Spinebuster Sports presents The Feast, hosted by Sox Sanchez. Welcome everybody to The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Socks here with Sir Pompey. What up? Today's episode will feature some of uh, our favorite top 10 finishing moves in wrestling. We're going to do another Talk to the Hand segment. And Kyle's going to talk a little bit about some upcoming news in wrestling, I suppose. Kyle, how's your week? Good socks, you know. Weddings, getting people hitched, uh, work, you know, hanging out with the kid, the normal stuff. How do your Notre Dame football do? Uh, better. You know, we uh, looked pretty decent against Purdue. We uh, won 27-13. Uh, it, you know, it's being a Notre Dame fan. You a, know, a win's a win. A win's a win. We'll take it. Uh, decent quarterback play. You know, running the ball okay, but, you know, I'll take, I'll take a win. Undefeated still. Go Irish. Go Irish. Rank yeah. number 12 in the new standing. Yeah. New rankings. Yeah, dropping four spots yep. on a win last week. Yep. Nothing like being a Notre Dame fan. Love it. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm talking to the hand. I'm going to talk a little about the Tigers for the first time. But starting off, some Western Michigan football news. They went into Pittsburgh yesterday, won a close game, back and forth game, 44-41. Uh, huge win for Western and their program moving forward. Uh, next week, they host San Jose State. Corey Crooms is leading the MAC in receiving yards there. Michigan State football, Kyle, there's an identity change there. Yeah. Uh, Mel Tucker is really riding the horse. Kenneth Walker is leading the nation in rushing yards. He had a receiving touchdown yesterday. Peyton Thorne threw four touchdowns in Miami in a 38-17 win. Michigan State's off to their best start since 2015. Yeah, that's an impressive road victory for Michigan State. Going on the road to a good Miami team, ranked in the top 25, getting a win. Possibly see Michigan State creeping into the bottom of the top 25 next week. They just released the rankings. They are 23rd? Third. I think 20, Michigan was 22nd off the top of my head. Uh, they faced Nebraska at home. Nebraska put a good uh, game against Oklahoma this past week. Adrian Martinez is kind of a freak at quarterback. So that should be a good test for Michigan State. It's uh, that October 30th game. And East Lansing against Michigan is getting to be a bigger and bigger game as these weeks move forward. Oh, I can't wait for all the sweet Michigan-Michigan State crap. It's Kyle's favorite time of year. No. Uh, Michigan football faced Northern Illinois, won 63-10, had 373 yards on the ground. Blake Corum leading the nation, or tied leading the nation with eight touchdowns. Old-school Michigan football. Old-school Michigan football. Even uh, freshman Donovan Edwards got involved. Had eight carries for 86 yards. Had a 58-yard scamper. Two touchdowns. What I really liked was Michigan's defense. Their longest catch against them was 15 yards. So they kind of put the clamps down on Mr. Lombardi there from the old Michigan State quarterback. 
Good to see. Face Rutgers at home. They're 3-0. Should be an interesting contest next weekend. Yeah, it should be a good one for Michigan. You know, Rutgers, other than when they first joined the Big Ten, hasn't really put on great football teams on the field. So Michigan uh, should get a win, but you don't want to look past anybody, even though Michigan's got a big game against Wisconsin coming up here. Uh, Michigan ranked 19th in the newest rankings. Michigan State ranked 20th. There you go. Uh, Notre Dame ranked 12th, you mm -hmm. know. Interesting things moving into uh, late September, early October. Notre Dame's got Wisconsin next week uh, away at Soldier Field, so that should be interesting. We'll really find out what this Notre Dame team's made of in that game. You know, Michigan against Rutgers, that should be uh, a yeah. game for Michigan. Rutgers, Wisconsin, Nebraska. And then, uh, yeah, Michigan State plays Nebraska, and Nebraska actually looked pretty good against Oklahoma this weekend. You know, so the quarterback's wild. Put up a uh, little bit more of a fight than I would have normally expected them to, but uh, you know, some decent competition for these three teams. See what happens going forward. See if they can stay undefeated. We can get some excitement going into November in this area. Yeah, looking forward to the October thirtieth game between Michigan and Michigan State in East Lansing. Yeah, it should be a big one, regardless of the record at that point. Right. It always is anyway. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings news. They had their prospect tournament start this past weekend. Friday night, they beat the Stars 5-4. to four. Lucas Raymond, Valeno, and Chuck Pearson, or Chase, excuse me, Chase Pearson's all scored goals. Bergen had two assists. Saturday night, they lost 5-2 to two to the Blues. Lucas Raymond scored two more goals. Uh, good news for him moving forward. He was our 2020 number fourth overall pick in the NHL draft. Good start to his North American hockey career there. Training camp starts on the 23rd of September. The first preseason game starts in Chicago on the 29th. Uh, we will have more to come on Red Wings news and their season preview in the next couple weeks. I'm beaming with excitement, Sox. Yeah, that'll be all me. <laughs> uh, Detroit Tigers news. We haven't touched base with the Tigers. They're kind of floating around that 500 mark for a lot of the year. They start out 9 24. Um, since May 7th, they are a respectable 62-54. and 54. I want to talk a quick moment about Miguel Cabrera and how thankful I am to be a Detroit fan and have him uh, be in our lives, in our adult years. He is five doubles away from 600. He is 22 hits away from 3,000. He is one RBI away from 1,800. Um, some of those stats, you know, he's in the top 25 in all those categories. If he gets to 606 doubles, he'll be 14th all time. Only 28 people have hit 500 home runs in their career. Only 32 people have hit 3,000 hits in their career. How many triple crowns have there been, Sox? Uh, I don't know, but, you know, he's got one. Yeah. Huge First MVP one. season. And Verlander countered great night after that with a triple crown MVP season. But I'm uh, very thankful to have Miguel Cabrera in my, my life on my home team of the Detroit Tigers. Um, really exciting player there. He's probably going to stick around another year. Maybe two, but some of those uh, records should be broken and uh, very much love to him. Oh, yeah. Miguel Cabrera is the man, you know, probably one of the best pure hitters of this generation. Uh, any t Him and Pools. Yeah, any t time that you're getting talked about or even coming close to getting a, a triple crown with the batting title, home run title, and most RBIs, you automatically go among the greatest to ever play the game. Hasn't happened in, I believe it's like 50 years. You know, very 
Welsh would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easily. Yeah, easily. You know, he's probably every most people's Tiger still to this day. Even though we got these young guys coming up, you know, until Torkelson makes his debut, and then that that that's the new Tiger. Yeah, him and Riley Green coming up. We'll talk a little bit more of that in the next couple of weeks too, as we close down the Tiger season. I believe they have about thirteen games left. Yeah, sitting about thirteen games back in the Central, but. We got exciting things coming up through the farm system for the future, building on solid foundation while we get to witness the end of a great over the next couple of years of uh, Miguel Cabrera being a Tiger and being a professional baseball player. So enjoy it while, we, while you can, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah, I just love the, the notion of he always had fun on the field. He yeah. always had a good time, always taught great with the opponents, except that one time with Grinder behind the plate against the Yankees when they got in that little brawl there. But always played like uh, like he was still a kid on the field, yeah. and that's I think something a lot of kids should look up to. Yeah. Plus, you know, uh, get out to get out to Detroit, see a game. You can get some decent tickets for a decent price, and Comerica's a fun ballpark. There's a lot of fun surrounding the ballpark out there. It's a good time. Go in the right direction. Yeah. That will conclude this week's version of Talk to the Hand. Talk to the Hand. Next week, we'll talk a little bit more about probably the Detroit Lions and Packers football game, more Michigan and Michigan State football, and that will be, uh, that'll be it for today. Coming up next, we'll be talking about top 10 finishing moves in wrestling. Kyle, will, that'll be mostly Kyle. I will feed off of that a little bit there. Uh, come back to listen to us. Thank you. Enjoying the feast? Please like us on Facebook by searching Spinebuster Sports, and also please subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate your support. Welcome back, everybody. The Feast, brought to you by Spinebuster Sports. Cake over there, socks over here. Talk about some uh, top ten favorite finishing moves in wrestling. That's like expertise in Kyle's. Oh, it's it's finally my time, Socks. It is finally Cake's time. Why don't you start, and I will dabble in once I feel like I have you know, good information here. These, a lot of these topics are conversations that me and Socks have over a cup of coffee, sitting in a garage somewhere, just taking it easy. And uh, best finishing moves all time wrestling history comes up and you know there are a lot of moves you can talk about you know some honorable mentions the spine busters the yeah the spine buster by Arn anderson a favorite of uh not only our hearts but this podcast uh the figure four leg lock you know you could put hogan's leg drop in there even though i'm not really much of a fan of that twist of fate you know little uh spear action take your pick I uh, would, will not put Goldberg's jackhammer. We'll just go uh, go on record right now as saying, like, if you're a Goldberg fan, we don't like you. But, you know, finishing moves, it's the setup. It's what the match is all about, generally, on its way to. It's the, the, story. It's the story they're trying to tell. A lot of the time, these moves are part of a deeper story that maybe the novice wrestling fan doesn't really understand, but we'll break some of it down during the day. Number 10, I have uh, the only tag team move on my list. It uh, probably was one of the 
more devastating moves. That's why it's called the Devastation Device. It was the Legion of Doom. Hoisting a man up on your shoulders by animal and then hog jumping on off the top rope, giving it a nice little clothesline. They got softer with it as they went and tried to prevent injuries, but in the mid-80s, these two jacked-up Minnesota boys coming to the ring with face paint, haircuts all crazy, putting people up on their shoulders and just devastating people on a constant basis. Uh, revolutionized tag team wrestling, had great matches with Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, you know, won championships everywhere they went. WWE, uh, WWF at the time tried to make cheap knockoffs with the demolition, but there was nothing like the real Legion of Doom and the Devastation device sucks. I like their pads. Yeah, the... Spike pads? Yeah, the spiked shoulder pads. You know, ooh, what a rush. They were definitely a good marketing scheme for wrestling in the 80s going to the 90s, for sure. Oh, yeah, you put kids in all sorts of spiked plastic wrestling or shoulder pads and have them do all the trick-or-treating and whatnot, you know. Great thing WWE tried to do there was always trying to market to the children's, still to this day. Number nine, I've got uh, you know, Mr. Rob Van Dam, Battle Creek native, the five-star frog splash. No one other than maybe Mr. Eddie Guerrero did the frog splash as good as Rob Van Dam. Got great height coming off the top rope. Uh, could hit it from just about anywhere in the ring. You know, made a big name for himself in ECW in the mid to late 90s before finally moving over to WWE during the invasion angle and making a name for himself there. Uh, Money in the Bank winner, cashed in, faced John Cena, one of the loudest pops you'll ever hear. Go check it out on YouTube. One night only, ECW, but yeah, Rob Van, Rob Van Dam, five-star Frog Splash socks. what do you think? My favorite part is when the guy was on the op complete opposite side of the ring and he still pulled off. Oh yeah. And he he sold how how epic of a mood was this it was. Yeah, his follow through was always great as he came off the top, hit the mat, and then flew up over the opponent like right. with so much velocity that it was so crazy. Exactly, he sold it very well. Yeah. Oh, and the theatrics of it. Yeah. It being a simple not I can't say simple move, but like I said, flying across the ring and him selling it was. Well, and RBD was just a top tier athlete. Like yeah. the man could do things that revolutionized the business to what a lot a lot of stuff you see guys doing today, jumping and doing all these flips. Rob Van Dam was doing 20 plus years ago in a little place in Philadelphia right. with, in front of like 500 people exactly. for almost no money. Yep. Number eight, I've got the pedigree. It's the only Triple H love I'll really give, you know, other than being a part of DX, not really the biggest Triple H fan. Go on YouTube, check out the pedigree. It's, uh, it looks like a pretty devastating move, even though, we, I mean, we all know wrestling's a little choreographed. We're not trying to hurt people. We're trying to tell a story and get to the next town and make sure everyone's safe. But there have been some pedigrees that look pretty wicked. There was one in late 95 where the guy's legs went up pretty vertical and he went, it looked like he went face first in the canvas. Uh, but yeah, Triple H, been doing it for almost 30 years now, and no one's ever really tried to copy the pedigree. It's always been Triple H's thing, probably because he protects it like no other, you know, being the boss's son-in-law, so you right. can do that. Yeah, solid move. I mean, last this long. Yeah. Seth Rollins did it for a minute, though. Yeah, Seth Rollins did, but that was, you know, the whole authority angle, you know, garbage. Number seven, we got the Styles class. Styles Clash 
AJ Styles doesn't really get used much anymore. It's kind of a dangerous move. Uh, almost like a type of pile driver if the wrestler having it done to him doesn't get his face and neck in the right situation going to end up causing a lot of damage. But AJ Styles won a lot of championships in TNA with this move. It just looks really cool. Uh, and you can roll right out of it into a pin, match over, onto the next town. Socks? Yeah. Oh, not for you? Not for me. Not for you, huh? No. Uh, number six, I've got, I know, which is probably one of Socks' favorite moves. This is Stone Cold Stunner. Number six? Number six, Socks. Oh, number six, you know, the one thing I do like about the Stunner was everyone knew when it was coming. Stone Cold always gave his little kick, maybe even gave you a little middle finger. Little kick to the stomach, Stone Cold Stunner, one, two, three. Generally spelled the end for whoever he was facing during it. Sox is looking at me very upset, you know. It's number six? Yeah, number six, Sox. Number six. We even, you know, Sox, there are a lot of moves on here that it came before the Stone Cold Stunner. Yeah, but he carried that whole era for all of us. Uh, I don't know if he carried it, Sox. They had guys like The Rock, you know, remember him, The Undertaker? Yeah, but we're talking about finishing moves. Finishing moves, yeah. And you know, there's not many people that can go in a ring with 30 people and give all 30 people stunners. Well, I mean, I do the finishing move. Yeah, that's fair, but like. So he was a quick attack move. That's what I loved about it. Yeah, and, and that. Yeah, I, he was the first in the late 90s. But, you know. That's number six. It, longevity, I think, you know, has a little bit to do with it. Right, Stone Cold is great. Let's talk about your top five. Top five, you know, Making number five. Me really sweaty. <laughs> number five. Uh, the Tombstone from The Undertaker. Uh, Theatrical move. 30 years, yeah, but 30 years. Did it on a lot of people. Yeah. Ended a lot of matches. Once you got the Tombstone, you generally didn't kick out. Unless it was a big match. You know, was Kane. Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Big matches, generally. Solid. Uh, yeah, way more solid than the Stone Cold well, Stunner. One spot more solid than the Stone Cold uh, Stunner. So. Oh, it just went with the whole Undertaker, Undertaker program. Yeah, you know, it made sense. Yeah, and it looked the way the Undertaker did it, it, it. Yeah, it looked devastating. And but number four, I've got the F five by Brock Lesnar. A lot of this probably just has to do with Brock Lesnar being just an absolute beast of a man. But uh, you know, Lesnar came in like a wildfire, and the F five, he's put a lot of men down with it. You, it. you don't generally see it a lot because Lesnar's never on TV. But I think it's a better finishing move than the so-called stunner. Sox goes with ease. I go with devastation. I mean, well, when he does it to the big boys, it's impressive. Yeah. My favorite Brock Lesnar situation is when he does the shooting star press back in the day. Oh, yeah. When he was a fucking monster. When he almost broke his neck against Kurt Angle trying to do a shooting star press at WrestleMania. Still being that big and trying to pull that shit off. No, it's awesome. extremely impressive. He's a freak of nature. Like, the man said, oh, I've had enough of pro wrestling. I'm going to go play football. And almost made the Minnesota Vikings. And then he was like... I'm going to go to the UFC and won the heavyweight championship. He's a freak of nature. Number three, Sox. The diamond cutter. Feel the bang, baby. Uh, first thing I have to say is fuck the RKO. It's a garbage move. It's uh, it's a cheap knockoff of the diamond cutter. Kind of, Stone Cold Stunner is kind of also a cheap knockoff of the diamond cutter. Diamond Dallas Page was doing this at least a year before these guys were. Uh, and he was hitting it from anywhere in the ring. You, you know, they're... Uh, Really good ending to his Macho Man Randy Savage match at uh, Spring Stampede 97 when Savage goes to pick him up for a slam and 
Paige rolls out of it and hits him with the diamond cutter, one, two, three. Giant put him on the top rope to give him a choke slam, and Paige hit him with the diamond cutter. It was, it was good for that WCW making that anti NWO guy in the anti-hero. late nineties. Yeah, and DDP, you know, was every man. You know, he was in his mid forties when he finally hit it big and hadn't been in pro wrestling traditionally trained in pro wrestling for that long. Uh, Sox looks so angry at me. He's I just think Randy Orton put it to another level. No, Randy Orton just. Like jumps and you know does this little like punch the mat thing and looks all cool, but he wasn't DDP. Yeah, like put put a little respect on the original. I do. I'm not knocking that, but I just think Randy Orton took it to another I mean, level. I the only one that I the only one that I agree with you with is the RKO Randy Orton gave Seth Rollins yeah. at WrestleMania that one year. Yeah, because that was pretty cool. But like other than that, it wasn't so I much. He was doing off the of ladders though. Yeah, but like. Dude, I'm just saying. I can jump off a ladder. I mean, how many people know RKO out of nowhere? That's fair. Okay, he was a meme. No. You know, meme meme out for everybody. I do have an RKO out of nowhere poster in storage somewhere, but, you know. That's fair. I mean, give it to DDP. DDP would have been a meme, you know. Self high five socks. Self high five socks. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. This is kind of a homer pick for me. It's Sweet Chin Music by Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is my, you know, somewhere in the top two favorite wrestlers of all time. When he used to tune up the band, give a little Sweet Chin Music, it was pretty dope. Nowadays, everyone uses the move, and it's not. It's just kind of more of a just a regular move. But I always enjoyed watching Shawn Michaels. He was the reason I fell in love with pro wrestling. Though the Shelton Benjamin one. Oh yeah, the Shelton Benjamin he, one. He was off the top rope. He came off the top rope on the side. And yeah, I agree. Oh, one of the best climaxes of a move I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah, and it looked like it. It looked like it hurt so bad. Yeah. Uh, he won the '96 Royal Rumble by giving Diesel the sweet chin music and went over the top rope. It's a nice That's little split, picture, right? Uh, no, that was just early '96. It was when Shawn Michaels was going towards Bret Hart and the Iron Man match and Diesel was on his way out but it's just a favorite of mine you know nostalgia but my number one and it's one that a lot of you may not know it's the one winged angel by Kenny Omega one of the most protected finishing moves and when I say that I mean when that move gets hit not many people generally kick out of it uh, Okada kicked out of it during one of his and Omega's six-star matches. Didn't really kick out of it. Got his foot under the bottom rope to break up the pin. Uh, Kota Obushi has kicked out of it, but other than that, that's the most protective move, protected move in professional wrestling. Kenny Omega's come out saying that it's unbeatable. Nobody can beat him. It when when Omega hits you with the one wing angel, it's over, sucks. And I expect to further storylines over the next year when it comes to the one wing angel expect somebody will be kicking out of it soon in the next six months or so it'll probably be the match kenny omega loses the AEW championship and it'll be interesting keep an eye out for that it's, daniel bryan it's interesting i don't think brian danielson brian danielson is going to turn into a little lot brian danielson sir yeah he's going to turn that, into a little that would be a sweet. He could. I could see how that. I could see how he could pull that off. It'd be a sweet. Uh, yeah. He's the only one that can. Remember Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds. 
So, that being said, nowadays, we talked about how kind of a lackluster sweet chin music is anymore because everybody uses it as a super kick, right? Mm -hmm. So you're saying somebody gave someone a stunner and someone gave somebody a super kick, the super kick guy is not going to kick out? I mean, is Shawn Michaels giving the super kick? Is Stone Cold giving the stunner? Well, no, then, then on both accounts, that it's a mute point. I just can't believe that. Well, it sucks, you know. I don't know what to say, man. It's it's just factual. I mean, you could rebut like what what would your what's your top move of all time, socks? Stone Cold Stunner. Stone Cold Stunner. Oh well, you know. That's everybody in our age group knows what that is. <laughs> everybody, everybody loved the middle figure afterwards. Yeah, we could have put Choke Slam on the list. You know, the Jackknife Power Bomb, the Razor's Edge. I know Sharp how Sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. Razor's Edge. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Texas Cloverleaf for all the Dean Malenko fans. It was a Boston Crab, the Walls of Jericho. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, I. Socks, I'm sorry to upset you with the Stone Cold I'm happy Boston you thing, didn't you know? put. He's only the I'm happy you didn't put Go to Sleep on there. I mean, yeah. Stone Cold's only the fourth best wrestler in WWE history, anyway, so. That's going to be for another day, I feel like. Yeah, well. The Rock. Shawn Michaels, CM Punk. What about Mr. Sacco? He'd be top ten, but like, what are we really, I mean, are we, all time? I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I could put Mick Foley in the top ten all time. Hmm. I think you, now we're talking about a whole other conversation because, you know, do, like, influential wrestlers, like if you asked guys in WWE. I mean, we can see you're talking about all time. What I would have to do is talk about my era. Oh, I mean, I've watched it. You watched it a little bit longer than I have. Don't get all upset. I'm Socks. really upset about that Stone Cold Stutter. <laughs> you know, I'm calmer than you are, Socks. I'm calmer than you are. <laughs> Don't get me started. Alright, we'll be right back. Little uh, dessert set up for you. Thanks wow. for listening. Love you. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The Catfish Blanco Recycling Center. We kick all the boxes. Men and Ranch Strip Club. It's healthier than depression. Ron Caputo Meat Tenderizer. I beat your meat so you don't have to. Welcome back everybody to the feast. Socks. Cake. We just got done wrestling after that raucous segment of favorite wrestling moves ever. Yeah. Socks still can't look at me. I haven't. I have yeah, since the commercial break. Just love me, socks. I will. Kyle, what's on your mind for dessert? Oh, we got some really great wrestling coming up this week, socks. AW this week will be doing a show from Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York, Wednesday, September 22nd. It's going to be live on TNT at 8 p.m. Pay per view quality matches, socks. Big show, sold out. We got. Brian Pillman Jr. versus MJF in a big match set up over the last couple weeks. Uh, no one's hotter than MJF right now, Zucks. 25 years old, probably the best heel in the business, being groomed to be that. You know, he's got guys like Chris Jericho bringing him along. Uh, Pillman, probably gonna be Brian Pillman Jr.'s coming out party. I'm guessing he's gonna be in for a big push. Probably one of the newer up and coming stars of AEW. Looks and looks just like his father, has the same charisma. Should be interesting. We also have the return of Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Cody returning after a couple weeks off after taking the Black Mass 
on Rampage or on Dynamite had our, our wrestling favorite, Mr. Arn Anderson, by his side, taking on Malachi Black, who's been running roughshod over AEW since he left WWE. One of my favorite characters, just kind of out there, Undertaker-esque almost. You know, that kind of darker character of AEW. We got... Um, reminds, reminds me of Raven. Yeah, Raven. You know, yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But uh, we got uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR. FTR, one of the best tag teams in the game, and 60-plus-year-old Sting making another wrestling return. Should be interesting. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to that one. I've seen Sting matches enough. These, Probably, old, these old guys didn't go. Yeah, it's it's time. Let the young guys. I just heard that, not to interrupt you, but I just heard that Scott Steiner came back to wrestle Jerry the King Lawler the other night. I don't know, but I did... Uh, it's fucking stupid. Quit it. I did text you about a Steiner this week, and I didn't get any return. Yeah. Yeah. Old. That's coming soon. Oh, yeah, the, the kiddo. <laughs> uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Ruby Riot left WWE and uh, debuted at AEW All Out, winning the Women's Casino Battle Royal, earning a championship match against Britt Baker. Britt Baker. The biggest thing in women's wrestling right now, Adam Cole's girlfriend, DMD, should be a great women's match. And then the real meat potatoes on this episode of Dynamite this week is Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, non-title. I expect this match to be pretty big, leading to something in the future, pay-per-view match for the championship. Brian Danielson's first match since he left WWE. That's why he wanted to show up there. Yeah, Sox is the love of Sox's life. Sox would pet his beard mm -hmm. on the regular if he could. Yep. They they touch privates. It's a fun time. Oh, that. <laughs> but should be interesting. Should be a great match. You know, I Sox will probably think that Brian Danielson will kick out of the one winged angel. I will say he's wrong. Or he's gonna reverse it into the LaBelle lock. Reverse it into the LaBelle lock. That, Somehow. That would be dope. But you know, you get some great free wrestling on TV. AEW is way better than the stuff WWE's putting out. It should be, I do know, watching USA on Tuesdays for NXT. Stay tuned with that. They're doing interesting things over there with the Rick Steiner's son. He uh, made his debut last week, and there's some waves in the NXT community over this NXT 2.0, the tie-dye brand. Should be interesting. He's an athlete like his dad. He is built like his uncle, and but in the face looks just like his dad. Really? He's the he's like the best of both worlds. It's crazy how they took him for one match, put him against a guy who was in the championship chase, put him over pretty easily, and then uh, had a segment with him against that opposite the NXT champion at the end of the show, and they're pushing him straight to the moon. But he's built like he could be. A main eventer at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon prototype. Oh yeah, you know he's given Steiner lines. Had that dog face gremlin mentality. Did he have the dog collar? Oh, he did not have a dog collar. He he also wears like the bright uh, singlets that his uncle used to wear in the nineties. That's awesome. So check out some really good pro wrestling. Uh, the AEW shows Wednesday, September twenty second on TNT. I'll be watching after work. You know, and. Uh, yeah, Sox, you got some, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, Norm McDonald passed away this week. I'm a big SNL fan. He was a good SNL player for them. 
awesome, awesome uh, weekend update host. Known for his deadpan style, known to be real dry, very witty on his comebacks. Uh, apparently he's been battling cancer for about nine years. He did pass away from acute leukemia. Uh, but respect to and love to his family and his friends. Absolutely. One of, one of the most underrated comics of all time. His delivery is priceless. If you ever have a chance, please watch any interview on any talk show he's ever been on. I promise, if you stick through it all, you'll be you'll be happy yeah. at the end. Seek out the movie Dirty Deeds. Uh, I own it. Or Dirty Work. Dirty Work. Dirty Work. Yes, I'm sorry. Dirty Work. You're thinking about Dean Ambrose again. Yeah, I or am. John Moxley. And John Moxley. Uh, yeah, Seek Out Dirty Work. It's a great, very underrated film. Has some great people in it. Chris Farley, Norm Macdonald, Artie Lange, Chevy Chase plays a small little role in it. The grandfather from Problem Child. It's a good little movie. It's hilarious. Uh, checked it out this week after I heard Norman passed away. I had it have it in the collection. Sat down and watched it. Forgot how great it was. Very you know, got spent a lot of time this week watching some old interviews of his. Check out his stuff. Check out the stuff on YouTube. Check it's out really particularly good. his Conan interviews. Yeah, those are my favorite. Conan interviews are top notch. I, me and Sox, Sox had just shown me. Uh, interview with him and Courtney Thorne Smith a couple weeks ago, which is kind of ironic. It was right before he passed, and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I think it was back in the what, 94, 97. Yeah, straight after she was leaving Melrose Place. And it was it, priceless. It was it was what right around the time that the Carrot Top movie Chairman of the Board came out. Sucks. Yes, and good. She has been a good sport this past week, acknowledging the fact that that clip's been a fan favorite for us Norm McDonald fans for a very long time. Letting people know that there is no um, offended, offensive things towards her career or any part of that she, interview. She was cracking up laughing in that interview. She was over the top appreciative of that whole that whole episode of <laughs> Conan. But it's, if you watch it, you think, holy shit, <laughs> he, what an asshole. I bet the board spelled B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. Do something with that, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, Conan mentions several times how you just never knew what he was going to do when he was on, on the air with you and how much respect he had. Uh, NBC tried to ban him from Conan's show a couple times and Conan said no way. Yeah, well, NBC wasn't big on Norm because he kept making OJ, OJ jokes after yeah, after he was acquitted. Watch, yeah, watch those too. Those are yeah. epic. Did a great weekend update delivery. and Dennis Miller. Um, um, great role in Billy Madison. Dennis Miller says that Norm McDonald came up with that whole thing called fake news. Yeah. That, that was, you know, Norm. I believe it. You know, that was Norm Lane. And you're right, the O.J. Simpson, after he, yeah, after the trial. After the trial. Please watch some of those. Yeah. My favorite one is like, congratulations, they have made murder legal in California. <laughs> Holy shit. But uh, with that being said, in the next couple of weeks we'll be doing our it's gonna be hard to do a top ten favorite SNL players of all time. Man, I'll, I'll be spending my time this week researching that with all my DVDs. That's gonna be so hard for me. I will probably do ones that you won't think of just to so you, everybody can dabble with it because somebody like Chris Kattan needs way more respect than he ever received. Well, and that's fair, but you know, with Will Ferrell, Chris. Well, Farrell, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, know, you had those guys, but Chris Kattan was awesome. Yeah. Sherry O'Terry. Awesome. John Lovitz. Awesome. 
And then you think of Eddie Murphy. You think of Jay Farrow. Gilda Radner. Right yeah, we can go all day. Yeah. So I had if I was breaking down in my head that I'm gonna start. You know, I started watching SNL. My first episode was right around the Summer Olympics of '96. Jenny Slate. Jenny Slate. Yeah, for <laughs> um, it was the Summer Olympics '96 when Chris Kattan was Carrie Strug's cousin or sister, Kippy Strug or whatnot. Lost it. And that was also one of the first episodes, too. Martin Short hosted, and it was one of the first episodes for Jeopardy with Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. And that whole story. Norm MacDonald as... Terry Ferguson. Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. And Sean Connery, of course. Says uh, Terry Ferguson. I believe Martin Short was uh, Jerry Lewis. Priceless. So I was hooked right away. But on Comedy Central back in the day, you get home from school, they used to show the old school episodes from like 90 to 93 before with Sandler and Farley and Phil Hartman. Dana Carvey, Mike Myers. Speaking oh. my language, bro. Yeah. And then uh, that, that, got me, that got me caught uh, watching Kids in the Hall. Yeah, coming home and watching those episodes or, you know, pretending to be sick, staying home from school and watching Saturday Night Live all day and seeing uh, Farley doing the guy in the van down by the river and all those just amazing sketches from that era of Saturday Night Live that we could pick a top, it'd be hard for us to pick a top 10 just from that era. Well, yeah, you know, we, we, like I said, you can talk about Chris Wig, Will Ferrell, you know, Jimmy Fallon even as being the hardcore fun, Bill Hader, but you know, I love Fred Armisen. I loved Will Forte. Um, like I said, Chris Kattan, I think is, if you guys haven't seen the best of Chris Kattan, you need to watch that right away. You know, everybody loves Mango. <laughs> you know, touch the Mango. You know, the guys from the uh, Roxbury, Night at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury. When he used to do the the guy that you couldn't understand, the, like, Kentucky lawyer mm-hmm. and the coach, uh, Mr. Peepers. Yeah, Christopher Walken. The episode with him and Amy Poehler were, like, white trash people and um, she wouldn't come out of the stove. Remember that, that, that skit? Mm-hmm. With uh, John Goodman? Fucking fantastic. Yeah, SNL is just top-notch comedy, and we'll be breaking it down here in the next couple weeks. Great American institution. We'll also have our Red Wings preview coming up in the next <coughs> week or two. We'll have a Pistons preview coming up. Tigers season ending Ti- next yeah. year. Prospect preview. Yep, Tigers season ending. That one will probably mention come probably a little bit later in October. we get closer to the end of baseball. Uh, they, uh, right. they end September 30th, I think. Yeah, oh, I know when they do, but... We got so many exciting things coming up here real soon, Sox. Who knows when we'll have time. Yeah, I might start doing the show shirtless. Yeah. Oh, making my dreams come true. Once again, we appreciate everybody listening. Tune into iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Facebook. Listen. YouTube. Subscribe. Hit buttons. Like yeah. us. Like us. Give share us feedback. Us, love us. Just love us. Give us feedback. Yeah. Give us good feedback, you know. Get in contact with us. When you see us in person, give us a high five. Yeah. Join the Dirty Harry Sanchez fan club. (laughs) Come back again soon. Listen to our NASCAR segment, Turning Left. Yeah. He socks. I'm Pound Cake. I'm sweating profusely in anticipation for socks doing this podcast with no shirt. I'm sweating profusely because I'm still mad at the Stone Cold Center. Well, sorry about that, socks. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week with whatever the fuck we do. Yeah. Take care. Uh...
Like us on Spinebuster Sports on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube. Spinebuster Sports. Spinebuster Sports. Hit the buttons, you nerdies.